Justin Trudeau is attempting the single largest gun ban in Canadian history. I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed and you're watching The Gun Show. In 478 pages of last-minute amendments to their latest gun control legislation, the Liberals are banning almost all hunting rifles and shotguns in this country. These changes to Bill C-21, the law that bans the sale and transfer of handguns, will directly attack hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of Canadian firearms owners. These amendments will outlaw, quote, a firearm that is a rifle or shotgun, that is capable of discharging center fire ammunition in a semi-automatic manner and that is designed to accept a detachable cartridge magazine with a capacity greater than five cartridges of the type for which the firearm was originally designed. Now, this ban includes the popular and affordable SKS with around 200,000 estimated Canadian owners of that model. It also includes almost all hunting rifles, with the exception of a few shotguns designed for duck hunting. Now, it's not entirely clear how the RCMP will enforce Trudeau's changes through confiscation, since the police force has no reliable data on where these previously completely unrestricted firearms are. So joining me tonight to discuss the latest attacks on the law-abiding Canadian firearms-owning community is Rick Igersich, president of Canada's National Firearms Association. Take a listen. So joining me now is Rick Igersich, the president of Canada's National Firearms Association, to first of all, break down what Trudeau's latest attacks on the law-abiding Canadian firearms-owning community mean for the rest of us, and then We'll get into why he thinks this is happening. Rick, thanks for coming on the show and taking the time to explain all of this. As you and I were talking um, sort of off camera before we started rolling, us gun owners, sometimes it does feel like we speak a little bit of a different language to people who are unfamiliar with firearms. So why don't you break down for us what the latest gun ban is? Because we've already sort of lived through the grandfathering out of our handguns. Now we've moved on to hunting rifles. Yes, we have. Uh, yeah. Hi, Sheila. Thanks for having me on your show. I appreciate that. Uh, you know what? Uh, this uh, whole thing, Bill C-21, it, it started off as another series of Justin Trudeau's assaults against uh, uh, Canadians' uh, personal property. And, you know, the key parts of the bill were uh, complete. First of all, it started off as a complete uh, ban on all transfers of handguns. So basically what that was, uh, handguns, uh, once you were in possession of a handgun and it was registered to you, it couldn't go anywhere uh, until uh, until you died. Then it went back to the government for uh, for uh, actually it was seized by the government for uh, for destruction. So basically you couldn't uh, you couldn't air your uh, handguns to anybody. You couldn't sell them. You couldn't trade them. You couldn't give them to anybody, you know, family members or anybody else were excluded from this. So that's how it all started. Uh you know, then then they uh, then they put a ban on all handguns coming into Canada. They did that by ministerial powers. They didn't even, that wasn't incorporated into the uh, ordering council. They did that by ministerial powers. 
And uh, part the, you know, the initial parts of the bill, there was a bunch of ridiculous uh, magazine capacity restrictions that were all tacked onto it. You know, the classic thing, you know, the liberals uh, drop a bill, then they add a bunch of uh, hidden parts to it. Mm-hmm. And then the, the the talk of the town the last uh, the last week or so at the eleventh hour the whole thing snowballed. Uh, first, the Liberals uh, they added Amendment G four G four, which is their so called Evergreen program, which supposedly defines prohibited firearms and magazines in Canada. And you know, and uh, they added they tacked that on at the last minute. Then when we thought. Uh, then when we thought it couldn't get any worse, they added an amendment G46, which attached uh, the original May 2020 order and council ban list to Bill C21, plus plus another 430 center fire hunting rifles and shotguns, plus variants. And uh, the key word on that is variants, because there is no definition of a variant. Uh, but uh, the liberals use it as a political term, so we don't even know... Uh, what besides the 430 uh, uh, firearms they added to the list, the variants are. Uh, so anyway, at the end of the day, I, you know, just to, to lay it out for everyday Canadians, they did this. I, in my opinion, they did this for several reasons. Uh, uh, you know, the number one reason is you know it's the classic liberal move to get the heat off themselves uh, when, when they're when they're starting to feel it in in Ottawa, and this is for a variety of reasons uh number one the arrive can app scandal you know the the exploitation of the tragedy in nova scotia for political gain uh the the uh, something that you guys have really been involved in the emergency measures act that uh, justin trudeau put in place in ottawa during the trucker convoy uh protest uh the bitcoin uh bitcoin the bitcoin scandal involving uh several mps uh you know the this is another diversion to get uh, to get the heat off the Liberal Party, and in my opinion, the two biggest reasons by attaching uh, by attaching uh, the original order in council plus these other hunting firearms to the, to Bill C twenty one. That's basically going to null and void all the court cases that have been filed, including the one the NFA is funding. Uh, so. If this bill becomes law, all those court cases will be uh, will be nullified, and uh, they will no longer exist because there's a there was a lot of holes in the order in council, and and they knew that, and so I think this is a reason uh, uh, they attach it to the bill. But the big thing too is uh, when uh, when they attached uh, the original order in council to this bill, and with the other 430 firearms that they just pulled out of the blue. They did not talk about any sort of buyback or compensation for these firearms. So I think the liberals realized that this was going to cost them billions of dollars. So in their in their uh, Justin Trudeau's twisted wisdom, uh, he decided uh, he was going to attach this to this bill. So uh, so uh, you know to save save billions of dollars in his already uh, in, in in his already uh, over excessive spending. So you know that's. Uh, that's basically my take on it, and I hope uh, I hope uh, everyday Canadians can understand that this is more than just about firearms. This is this is the government, uh, you know, seizing your personal property. It goes well beyond. Uh, it goes well beyond firearms. You know what's next? What's next? Hunting knives. Uh, what's next? White vans. You know. You know. It just uh, it's it, it's a definite overreach by the Liberals, and uh, you know we at the NFA, uh, you know, we're going to do everything we can to uh, to prevent this from happening. Uh, right now, we're uh, 
we're uh, working with our legal team and uh, I don't have a lot to comment on that. We're keeping our cards uh, fairly close to our chest because uh, we don't want uh, them to get a hint of what we're doing. So uh, we're definitely working, uh, working in the background and just uh, when it comes to light of what we're going to do, we're definitely going to release it to everybody. Yeah, it does feel like the liberals are scapegoating the most law-abiding uh, part of society, statistically speaking, to distract from their own scandals. I think you're right there. But from the very beginning, I, I mean, it was a lie from the very beginning, and it was wrong from the very beginning, because in that f- first um, order in council that banned 1,500 popular models of Canadian firearms, including a 410 bird gun, that its biggest crime was looking cool yeah. <laughs> on that one. Yeah. They said from the very beginning, this is about getting military grade assault weaponry away from the people who shouldn't have it. And they kept saying, this is not an attack on hunters and sports shooters. We will never touch those guns. This isn't about that. But then when they include center fire in this, it touches all of those. This is a direct attack on hunters and sports shooters. Although, I mean, it always was before, but now we're specifically targeting those rifles. Can you explain to, again, the people who may not know a lot about firearms, what it means by targeting the center fire rifles? Okay. Uh, you know, the, the in the original OIC, most of those rifles, uh, except for a few uh, 22 rimfire rifles, were all center fire rifles. But now, I think uh, I think more than center fire. I think what they're targeting now is hunting rifles, hunting right. and sporting rifles. Uh, center fire rifle is just uh, just a type of cartridge that is uh, that is fired uh, with a firing pin in, into a primer of the center of the cartridge, which really doesn't really come into play a lot. But I, I think our focus more it needs to be more towards the hunting rifles. Yep. You know they're banning uh, rifles that were built for nothing more than hunting or or sport shooting. And by doing that, they, uh, you know, some of these, some of these rifles have uh, different configurations. And so if you take a, a basic center fire, uh, I'll use, a, I'll actually use a rimfire, for example, a Ruger 1022 rimfire, which is probably the most common 22 farmers rifle in Canada right now, mm-hmm. you know, and you put a different stock on it with a, with a grip that's more ergonomic. So your wife or your young children can shoot it better because of smaller frames. Then all of a sudden, well, it looks like an assault rifle. So let's add that to the list or add that to the list. Which, sorry to interrupt you. I think that's exactly what they did with the Mini 14 with the ranch rifle. Looked cool. It was reliable. It was, you know, great for small predator control. And they banned it because it has the ability to look cool after the fact. You know, and that's a that's actually a better example, Sheila. Thanks for that. Uh, You know, the Ruger, the Ruger ranch rifle, you know, it was... uh, it was a semi-automatic, uh, semi-automatic center fire rifle that, by Canadian law, is limited to uh, five rounds uh, magazine capacity. And uh, all of a sudden, overnight, the thing becomes uh, a, a dreaded assault weapon. You know, you look up look up assault weapon in the dictionary. There's no such thing. You know, just like their their use of assault weapon and and uh, and variant. You know, this glass of this glass of water could be an assault weapon if if one used it in that direction. And uh, yeah, you know, and it just, uh, you know, and I don't know what their train of thought is, but actually I do know what their train of thought is. It's just, you know, they're just going to overwhelm uh, the public, uh, starting with firearms owners and uh, and branching out from there by all these terms and all these things. And, uh, you know, I, my people have been telling me there's, there's, there's a potential election in the spring. 
So, you know, all this stuff always happens. It, they always they always use the firearms owners as a wedge issue every mm-hmm. time. Every the last the last uh, the last two elections, it's the same old song and dance from Justin Trudeau's liberals. But I think people are starting to realize that uh, you know what, there's more to this because every time the heat's on them or there's an election, you know, there, there's an election. In the in the near future, they start dumping on firearms owners, and I think people are starting to realize that. And uh, you know, they're not going to let it. They're not going to let it become a wedge issue this time, in my opinion. You know, and they did this in such a sinister way. That amendment wasn't like a one line amendment. It was a four hundred and seventy eight page amendment to an existing law or a law that they were working on. Um, and you and I again, where we were talking off camera, that. They're catching the SKS in this. And so people will say, who cares about the SKS? Well, the SKS is pretty old. It's Soviet design. Um, And it's basically a Soviet design surplus rifle. But the thing about the SKS is it's cheap. It's a gun show rifle. You know, you go to the gun show, you can pick up an SKS for pretty cheap. They're pretty customizable. And what, what I mean by... And there's millions of them in Canada. Well, yeah, they say there are about 200,000. But the point I was trying, I'm definitely sure there's more. And how could they ever know? And that's the point I'm trying to make is this bill or this amendment is just a bunch of pointless virtue signaling. Because how the hell are you ever going to find all those? Because they've moved them from non-restricted to banned. So you have no record of yep. you, so you have no record of where any of those are. So what do you want the RCMP to do now, Justin Trudeau? Go around kicking in doors of anybody who holds a pal to see if they have an SKS? I mean, think about the implications of this here. Yeah, you know, it's and and the thing is too, you know, and uh, the uh, the uh, the alleged uh, uh, original fire long gun registry, which was supposed to disappear ten years ago, apparently uh, apparently it's still around. You know, Quebec's using it, so. Yeah, I, in my opinion, it's a pretty much an obsolete list. A lot of those firearms have uh, have changed hands since then. But but you know what? It's a starting point for them to begin uh, to you know to start tracking these firearms down. And that you know, and that that comes that that brings the next uh, uh, you know thing in question. What kind of what kind of resources are going to be or, 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 or these confiscations, these looking for these goods, how much, how, how much of the provincial resources are they going to take up, uh, you know, by, uh, p- by putting these programs into place? It's, uh, you know, it, you know, everybody, you know, it, it's, it's all smoke and mirrors till everybody starts talking about the money, you know, <laughs> well, number one money for the firearms owners, because apparently they're not going to get any for all these firearms. And, you know, I talked to a guy yesterday that's got 70 some rifles and handguns and he's got when, if, if this, all this stuff goes through, he's going to have, uh, he's going to have two, two firearms left out of 70 some uh, firearms, you know, that he's been collecting and, you know, they've been family heirlooms and, uh, you know, they've been passed through the generations. All of, all of a sudden that stuff is all, all gone, all null and void. Uh, you know what? He dies. This stuff goes, you know, his, his, his family, his heirs don't get any money. They don't get any compensation for this, you know, and he's been saving this, you know, it's, you know, it's just like uh, RSPs, basically, you know, you're saving this stuff, you know, for someday to make your to, to make your family have a better life. And now that's all that's all done. And, uh, you know, going in that direction, you know, the ramifications on this are, 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 are jutting out in all directions. You know, it, it's easy to say for the liberals, you know, we're going to ban all these. All, we're going to ban all these firearms. We're going to make Canada safe, which is another joke that we should probably touch on. Sure. But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, 
to make, you know, we're going to make Canada safe, but uh, you know, it's all, it's all smoke and mirrors. And uh, you know, it's, it's going to be, no matter what they do, whether it goes through or not, it's, it's, it's becoming a major expense to Canadian taxpayers. Well, and I don't know about you in Ontario, but at least here in the Western provinces, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, the Yukon too, they've all said we are not going to ask our police forces to enforce these laws. They're too busy dealing with real crimes. Um, I know particularly in Alberta, that's that's where the focus is, is that Justin Trudeau's RCMP are not going to go around kicking in doors of Albertans to enforce um, gun laws that will not make our communities any safer. What's the hope for our Ontario friends, Rick? Well, I'll tell you something. I was in the Ontario Parliament yesterday, and uh, my MPP, who is uh, she is uh, she 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 worked for the, our Conservative MPP for twenty years. Her name's Bobby Ann Brady. Uh, unfortunately, with shuffles and stuff in the last election, uh, she had to run as an independent. Uh, I don't know what uh, I don't know what the deal was there with the conservatives and stuff, but she ended up winning my riding. She stood up in uh, she stood up in uh, Parliament yesterday and uh, posed a question to the Solicitor General on whether or not uh, Doug Ford is going to be using uh, uh, police uh, Ontario taxpayers' money and police resources to to be part of Justin Trudeau's seizure program. And actually, she was applied and, uh, you know, she got into a little deeper. Actually, we're going to be releasing that uh, probably today. I'll I'll, uh, I'll actually uh, I'll, I'll send you a copy of that. Uh, she actually uh, got some applause, which was unheard of. Uh, they asked some, some of the conservative backbenchers were actually clapping after uh, she suggested it, which actually stunned me a bit. I was sitting in the VIP gallery there almost beside her. And I'm going, wow, these people are actually listening. But uh you know, and I think the big problem with Ontario is, and you know what, I'm going to call a spade a spade because Doug Ford is uh, is uh, getting uh, liberal money, uh, federal money, and I don't think he wants to, I don't think he really, really wants to go forward with this. But I tell you, you know, Ontario is, a, you know, it's a, it's a lot like Alberta. We do have a large rural area in Ontario, and the rural people are fed up with this stuff, you know. You know why? Uh, you know Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, New Brunswick, uh, the Yukon are all on board in this. Why is Ontario not on board with this? So you know what? Basically, uh, Bobby Ann put the put the Solicitor General on the spot. You know, the, you know, with uh, with no previous, uh, you know, which it, which caught him off guard, which was kind of interesting too, because she did not previously uh, put her question in. So he, uh, you know, he he did the classic. Uh, uh, you know the 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 classic political shuffle. You know they call it question period because there's never any answers in question period. Mostly all questions most of the time. But mm-hmm. uh, you know it was good and it got a. It, it, I thought it got a really good response from uh, some of the conservatives. So uh, we'll see what happens from them. Uh, she's going to continue to write letters to the Solicitor General about this. And uh, you know as an independent M- uh, MPP, pro- the first one in uh, Ontario provincial history. You know she doesn't have a lot of power, but at the end of the day. Nobody's going to tell her what to do. She's going to, you know what? And the other thing was she, she doesn't have any irons in the fire in this. She's not a firearms owner, but she, she believes in what's right, which is really, which was, I thought was really good. You know, she's got absolutely no, uh, no, uh, no irons in the fire, but she, she understands what's right. And she understands what's right for her constituents. So uh, like I say, this is put into, uh, put into parliament and I think it might go somewhere. It's actually going to gain some attention. Yeah, I think let's move on to the safety issue because it it sort of ties into what you're talking about here. You know, when you look at the size of Toronto, it's 
larger population wise than I think Alberta, Saskatchewan, and possibly Manitoba combined. There's about 10 million people, the greater Toronto or six, six ish, maybe I think it is. Um, So that's uh, greater than at least Alberta and Saskatchewan combined. Um, And those, the people who live in Toronto, you never have to leave the city. (laughs) <laughs> ever exactly like you can you can like live and die in the city of toronto and never set foot outside to see how the other half lives i think in alberta and saskatchewan at least even in our big cities even in the socialist hellscape of edmonton you do have to once in a while venture outside of the city you do realize that there are things that exist in between edmonton and calgary there are people living their yeah. lives another way i don't know if if people in toronto are that tied to the the community outside in Alberta, yeah. people are often just one generation away from the farm. Um, exactly, you know, you know, myself being a, a farm boy from Southern Ontario, you know, I drove into Toronto, Toronto yesterday to to the Parliament. I go, I don't know how people do this every day. I know. It took me, it, <laughs> it took me an hour to go three city blocks. You know, uh, and I, uh, but anyway, the the biggest, I think that one of the biggest problems. Uh, it, with Toronto is is it, you're right it, it it's a very diverse uh, it's a very diverse community and people don't really know what's going on outside of the the what I call the liberal liberal block of the twenty some ridings that are you know yeah. some of them aren't any bigger than a city block which basically control control all elections you know it just the the lines are so slim there it's ridiculous. But anyway, you're right. You're right, uh, uh, Sheila. They 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 haven't got a clue what's going on. They haven't got a clue about sustenance hunting. They haven't got a a clue about predator control. You know, if there's a coyote eating mine or your chickens, you know that coyote is going to be dispatched. You know, there. Yep. You know, you know it's it, it's affecting. Uh, uh, you know, our, our, what we do, our husbandry, our, our farming. You know, and, yeah. and people have no idea. And I think uh, I think you know, and that's one of our biggest struggles, yours and mine, is to reach these people and you know, make them understand that things are a little different out in the rural areas. Well, and I think this is, and I'm not blaming the people who don't know these things. I'm blaming the people who are purposefully scapegoating everybody else for the problems of the progressive big cities. Where are the conservative MPPs in Ontario to do their best to dispel the myths about firearms owners? Because if your only experience is gun violence in Toronto, Of course, I understand why you're scared of guns, but if you put it to them, those guns are trafficked across the border from the United States. Those people carrying them illegally around playgrounds have not gone through the daily vetting that you and I go through to own our firearms. I think you can change hearts and minds, but liberal politicians play on the naivety of the voter. And I don't think conservative politicians, particularly the MPPs are doing themselves any favors. Uh, I, you know what? I agree with you, Sheila too, you know, you know, and things are a little different in the West uh, where you are because it's mostly rural, but uh, you know, and, th- and that's the thing, you know, and it's lack of education and, and you know, it's not just lack of education to the citizens or the constituents of the writing. It's lack of education to these MPPs. Yeah. A lot of these MPPs, don't have a clue what's going on. You know, I talk to a lot of these people and, you know, and I, and I talk to, I talk about gun crime and I talk about smuggled firearms and, you know, the, you know, and Justin Trudeau, you know, uh, lowering uh, mandatory minimum sentences and stuff. And none of that stuff clicks. Although, yeah. although give the solicitor general of Ontario credit, he did mention that 90 some percent of crime is done by illicit smuggled guns. 
So he did actually mention that in Parliament yesterday. You know, kudos for him for mentioning that. Of course, he skated around the issue of whether or not uh, uh, Doug Ford's going to jump on board uh, with, uh, you know, without with with not funding uh, police to uh, to uh, you know to do these seizures. But you know, he did. I think I think because he was caught off guard, he did uh, he did uh, let some of the stuff out of the or let the cat out of the bag on some of the stuff, and it it was actually pretty, it was actually pretty good stuff. And uh, you know, he did touch on that. You know, for he did make he, which I, I appreciate. He did make the comment that ninety some percent of uh, all crime in Ontario is done by illicit firearms. So, which is, you know, what if there was nothing else gained by that? That that was a good thing that he did make that statement in Parliament. Well, and the Liberals know this when they're snatching your guns and my guns and making sure that my daughter can never use my father's firearms. That's her only connection to him because she he died before she was born. Um, you know it. The liberals know that it is uh, a poisonous lie to scapegoat hunters and sports shooters for the crimes happening in places like Toronto. In fact, it is the liberals who are responsible for that, at least in part through their open border policies. They have, you know, you have people walking across the border, just strolling in across the border um you know they they bring with them all manner of contraband and instead of dealing with that the liberals increasingly take the path of least resistance because they know those people over there they go about their business every day to follow the rules why would we worry about the people who don't yeah, you know and, you know and, and, and they you know we talked about this the last time we spoke and it was it was about uh, you know they, their go to is guns and discrimination every time yeah and, uh, and, uh, you know, it just, uh, you know, I, it's, uh, it's, it, it's, a, you're right. It's an easy way for them to, uh, not focus on the real problem. This, uh, you know, they, they refuse, in my opinion, they refuse to focus on, on the real problem. You know, the, the, the illegal firearms coming in, the, you know, the, if they took half the money that's projected that they're going to spend on this, uh, firearm seizure, firearms ban, these, these bills, these OICs. If they took half that money and put it towards crime in all of Canada, it would do a lot more than uh, taking firearms out of the hands of uh, law-abiding uh, firearms owners. Like you and you mentioned before, Sheila, that we're vetted every day. We're probably day. the, if not the, safest people in Canada. You know, if you uh, if there's anything that pops up, you know, the, the police show up at your house, it automatically it shows up. You know what? It shows up in uh, in in their uh, CPEC system that we're a firearms owner, so we're vetted every day, you know, and and that's that just shows the lunacy of this whole this whole ordeal with the liberals. Yeah, when we get a traffic ticket, <laughs> we get yeah. run through CPEC. Yeah. Um, so you know, like we are monitored once daily, and every time we have any sort of police contact, uh, good yeah. or bad, um, and boy, wouldn't it be great if they spent those kind of resources on just intel. On the gangs yep. in Toronto, yep. Montreal, and Vancouver, but no, again, take the path of least resistance and pat themselves on the back for doing something yeah, yeah. about it. And good job, Justin. Good job, Justin. And bringing in yep. absolutely unenforceable gun bans. <laughs> you yeah. can't yeah. ban every, basically everything except a a smattering of duck rifles or duck shotguns, and then yeah. say we're definitely going to enforce this. Is it absolutely impossible? Now, you guys at the NFA are doing great work. How do people support the work that you're doing and find out about what you're doing next? Well, you know what? Uh, the, the biggest way is, uh, you know, you can uh, you can visit our website, nfa.ca, uh, become a member, uh, 
most of the money, except for office staff and some incidental, goes back into into the firearms lobby and uh, us lobbying for your rights. Uh, follow us on social media, and you know what? Even if you're not a member, please donate. You know, donate because that money is going towards the good fight in Ottawa. Uh, you know, other things you can do is uh, write your MP. People need to talk to their MPs. You know, write your MPs. Uh, tell them, tell them your feelings. Tell them what's going on, and uh, you know, get some input. Ask him, ask them, he or she, what they are doing to to you know to stop this. Uh, you know, and uh, and the biggest thing, and you know, Sheila and I talked about this about a week and a half ago, is get out and vote and get these liberals out of power. Yeah. 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 Your guns are never safe when there's a liberal around. And no. also, by the way, to, if you've got a liberal friend. Take them to the gun range. I've never seen something more effective in changing the hearts and minds of people who don't like guns than to actually take them to the gun range where they can experience how much fun guns are, but also how how much firearms owners are committed to safety. Take a liberal to the gun range. Change a mind. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what? And I've done that before. And uh, you know what? They're almost scared to say that they're having fun because it goes against their party's <laughs> values. It's ridiculous. It's, you know what? The guy's having fun and, you know, off the record or, you know, there's no cameras mm. rolling off the record. This is a lot of fun. But, you know, get out and say that to your people, you know. And uh, but, you know, it's it's uh, Justin Trudeau has, a, you know, he rules with an iron fist for his party. And I don't think that's ever going to change until uh, until we get rid of him. Yes. Yes. And I don't see a party revolt to get rid of him on the horizon anytime soon. There are a lot of people who are just happy to have hitched their cart to that horse for some reason. Rick, Inclu uh, including his ethics minister. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> Rick, thanks so much for coming on the show and taking the time to break down Justin Trudeau's latest attacks on people like you and me, my daughter, our in-laws, normal people all, all across the country. I think it is forgotten in all of this that, more people play or more people are licensed firearms owners in this country than play organized hockey. Our national sport is sports shooting by the numbers. And I think the liberals would do well to remember it. Yeah. yeah th thank you. Thank you for having me again. And uh, I appreciate this opportunity to, you know, to reach out through you, through you, through you guys. I really, the NFA really appreciates it. Thanks again, Sheila. Thanks Rick. We'll have you on again very, very soon. Thank you. Again, if you'd like to sign our petition calling on the federal government to end their relentless attacks on Canada's law-abiding firearms community, please head on over to handsoffourguns.ca. Now, this is the portion of the show where I welcome your viewer feedback because I want to know about what you think about the work that we're doing here at Rebel News and specifically in this instance, what you think about the work that I'm doing. It's one of the reasons I give out my email if you want your letter to be read on air. It's gun show letters in the subject line, G-U-N-N, -N, by the way. And my email is Sheila at rebelnews.com. But do not hesitate to leave a comment on one of the other platforms where you might find us, like on Rumble or even on the censorship platform of YouTube. Now, today's letter actually comes from Rumble, and it's on my show last week that I did with the young journalists who are covering the Public Order Emergency Commission during their time in Ottawa. The commission rolls on, but the testimony 
is over, the testimony from the witnesses. And for those of you who don't know the Public Order Emergency Commission, it's the official investigation into the government's use of a counterterrorism law called the Emergencies Act against peaceful anti-regime protesters in the nation's capital earlier this year, actually in January and February. Justin Trudeau invoked that law on February 14th to extinguish nationwide anti-COVID restriction protests that were embarrassing Justin Trudeau internationally. But the largest protest was right in the nation's capital, where it is, in my experience, that the people there are quite boring. <laughs> and they didn't like all the protesters coming and having fun in their streets. Anyway, Mary 2023 writes, Trudeau and the federal government gave almost no second thought to the possibility of using tanks on Canadian families with their children present at the peaceful convoy protest. Boy, isn't that right? We saw federal cabinet ministers either joking or quite seriously musing about sending in at least one tank to disrupt the protest. Now, if they're joking, that makes them horrible people because going full Tiananmen Square on peaceful protesters in the nation's capital is no joke. And if they were serious, absolutely ghoulish. I guess they get to decide which sort of bad guy they are in this scenario. Anyway, most Canadians know that this threat from the government is hardly considered a joke, as tasteless as it was. This shows that the Canadian government are heartless entity based on fascism and will not hesitate in murdering innocent Canadians in order to achieve a dystopian fascist dictatorship. I'm not sure if they'll hesitate to achieve it, but they did definitely joke about achieving it. And what I do know is that a conservative, if they had joked about this, they would be canceled forever, but generations of their offspring would be canceled forever. And these cabinet ministers, Marco Mendicino and David Lametti, the AG of this country, they just got to joke about it and carry on with their lives. They should have resigned. Well, everybody, that's the show for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see everybody back here in the same time, in the same place next week. And remember, don't let the government tell you that you've had too much to think. <laughs>